Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chilling with Millie. In my previous episode, I talked about anxiety disorders. In this episode, I will speak about mood disorders, which are completely different from anxiety disorders. Mood disorders and anxiety disorders are in their own categories. Anxiety is more fear-based, while mood disorders are like seasonal affective disorder, mania, depression, and things of that nature. Many mood disorders are ones we have heard used a lot by other people. Mood disorders are the bipolar and depressive disorders. Major depressive disorder and with major depressive disorder, there is always a, a way to remember the symptoms. It is called SIG-E-CAPS. The S stands for sleep. The I stands for interest. G for guilt. E for energy. C for concentration. A for appetite changes or weight loss. P for psychomotor agitation. And lastly, S for suicidal ideation. The next mood disorders are persistent depressive disorder, which is also called dysthymia which is a chronic form of depression where you may lose interest in your normal daily activities and may have low self-esteem and an overall feeling of scarcity. And the next one is premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which are changes in behavior and physicality during your menstruation periods. Persistent depressive disorder also causes extreme mood shifts that become disruptive. With major depressive disorder, in order to correctly and accurately diagnose major depressive disorder, the person must have five out of the eight symptoms for about two weeks. But sometimes they may have symptoms for two months and even longer than that. And symptoms can vary significantly because everyone experiences changes in behavior and mood differently. When you think of mood disorders, you may think about a constant changing of moods or constant irritability one minute and then happiness the next minute. But a mood disorder is much more than just that alone. Mood disorders are the constant state and feelings of emotions that are distorted and inconsistent with your situation and position, which interferes with your everyday functioning and mentality. You may feel depressed and empty, alternating with mania, which is periods of being excessively euphoric and delusional. Mood disorders are caused by different factors. It could be a chemical imbalance in the brain, stressful life events and changes, and mood disorders could also run in the family. If you are concerned at any time that you may feel there is a chance of mood disorders being genetic in your family, you could talk to a medical care professional and ask questions about your concerns. And if maybe you are not too comfortable talking to a medical care professional, you could talk to a parental figure, not exactly your own parent, but a friend's or maybe even a teacher, and maybe they can help you seek the help you may want and need. But if you are at a point where you feel like your emotions are blocking you from steady concentration with work, socializing, relationships, and daily activities you may take part in, Asking a healthcare professional could be a great option, even if you have drinking and drug problems and suicidal suicidal ideations and or your pre-existing mood disorder has become even more draining. There are always people who are experts in understanding your concerns and fears, and they could aid you in whatever it is you are needing help with. I just hope that you all know that although it may feel like you are alone, There are people out there who love and truly care for you. 
A mood disorder is not very likely to disperse on its own, but seeking professional help before it could get worse is crucial. Now I am going to take bipolar disorder, which is a mood disorder, and, personal and borderline personality disorder, which is of course a personality disorder. I am going to compare them, but only to see the difference between the two. Personality is what you are hardwired as. The illnesses are your current state at a certain time. Personality is like the climate and the illness is the weather around you. Your personality can affect how an illness manifests. For example, if someone with narcissistic personality disorder becomes depressed, it will look and may feel different than someone with anxious personality disorder, also known as dependent personality disorder, and the person with anxious personality disorder, aka dependent personality disorder, they um, have become, uh, they may be more depressed because the person with narcissistic personality disorder has the sense of entitlement and they may express themselves in a more of an angry and raging way, whereas someone with dependent personality disorder would probably feel more helpless. Therefore, it may not, the depression and um, any type of sadness may not be as noticeable, but that is only me just creating a broad example. Borderline personality disorder could be seen as a pattern of unstable relationships and unstable emotional expression, impulsivity in many contexts. Uh, it could be seen as frantic efforts to ignore abandonment. They are normally people who tend to read into things being said that may indicate that you are done with them or that you are dropping them. They may think that the relationship they are in is the absolute best thing in the world and then the next moment you have become the absolute worst thing in the world someone with border um with uh borderline personality disorder may have an unstable self-image and persistent identity disturbance but it is not to be confused with the common identity crisis where we are not sure about whether we want to become a doctor in our professional life or if we want to become an astronaut. It is identity issues that deal with how we personally identify as. It is our gender, our sexuality and spirituality. But just because someone wants to change their gender does not mean they have borderline personality disorder. If someone may have borderline personality disorder, one should look for five or more symptoms that they may have. So remember, just because someone decides to become a girl or a boy or in between does not automatically mean they have a personality disorder like BPD. Now for bipolar disorder, it looks very similar to borderline personality disorder, um, but it's completely different. Bor bipolar disorder, you have slower mood changes. Borderline personality disorder is of course a personality disorder while bipolar disorder is a mood disorder. The difference between mood and personality disorders is that mood disorders are more of the emotional highs and lows, while personality disorders are the rigid, unhealthy patterns of thinking and behaving, which can, in result, distort your perception situations and it can distort um, people, how you view them, how you see them. Just like with any disorder, there is always medication that can help ease the pain and or symptoms. 
Medication is always the route for many illnesses, but for some illnesses, sometimes it is a case for changing your diet and lifestyle. Like for example, with schizophrenia, sometimes changing diet and cutting out strong smelling foods and drinks can ease the hypersensitivity to taste and smell, headaches and things of the sort. But maybe by changing diets, you could um, uh, die down some feelings of depression and boost moods. It won't disappear completely, completely, but maybe there you could sort of get them under um, control. But it is all in a good way. You don't want to take medication to try and control any type of um, psychological disorder you may have or feeling that you have that is a negative feeling because the medication that you're taking that gives you that feel-good um, feeling could become an addiction and we don't really want that. So there are sometimes alternative ways to sort of um, gain control of, of uh, how you're feeling. Um, so I know that sometimes when I am in a depressed state, making small changes to my lifestyle and routine helps because I did something new. I stepped outside of my comfort zone and of course it can't really solve anything completely, but it can give a small dose of ease where it may feel like there is so much happening at once. Eating plenty of vegetables and fruits that are fresh, whole grains, nuts and seeds. If you eat meat, then eating lean meats may help. Soy products and legumes, which I believe are like um, beans. These foods are said to provide necessary nutrients to your body. Through it all, just remember to always put yourself and your health first in times where you feel emotionally and mentally drained and depleted. Now I'm going to talk about the comorbidities, meaning according to Google, the simultaneous presence of two chronic diseases or conditions in a patient. To simplify that even more, it is when you have more than one illness present at the same time in the same person. The comorbidities of bipolar disorder are attention deficit disorder, which is present amongst 10 to 20% of people, mainly adults living with bipolar disorder, also have ADHD as well. Substance disorders are also linked with about 56 to 60% of people with bipolar disorder because of family history of substance abuse or because of the development of bipolar disorder while young. Obesity is another comorbidity. While in a depressive state, whether you have bipolar disorder or not, it is a common thing for appetite changes. And part of that change can be excessive weight gain because of high stress levels and the lack of activity, which affects your metabolism. Lithium is a common treatment for bipolar disorder as well as for other disorders, but some may be less responsive to the lithium. The impact of the comorbidities is and can be severe because it can cause more episodes that are more severe than usual, which means someone may be at more of a risk to engage in suicidal ideations. Now, someone may be wondering, why do we have to know that? And the answer is that you don't really have to know that, but it is better to understand instead of assuming. If someone tells you in confidence that they have bipolar disorder, what would be your first reaction? Would you know how to react the correct way or would you assume they are insane or unstable? 
It is always best to understand other people and their personalities and any illness they may tell you they have, because then you can learn to understand why they may react a certain way or why they may push you away sometimes or why they say certain things or feel certain ways about different situations. Yes, it may be uncomfortable for some people, but just establish a level of trust and respect when it comes to having family and friends with any type of disorder. To touch on it, I will um, speak about seasonal affective disorder, which is um, when depression occurs at a certain time every year, like during times with not much sunlight can ignite feelings of depression. Like for those who live in, um, I think it's called Tromso, Norway, during the polar nights, which lasts from November to January, where the sun does not rise at all, they may have times where they are affected by seasonal affective disorder. The same is for those in Antarctica. Antarctica has periods of six months of darkness in the winter and six months of daylight in the summer because of the Earth's axis tilt. Without a single period of sunlight, it can cause depressive moods, which is why it is always good to go outside and get some sunlight when it is bright and warm because it can lift moods. For me, sometimes when I feel not like myself, I sit in silence or I listen to classical music or opera music, mainly the cello suite number two by Bach, or I listen to waltz number two by Dmitry Shostakovich, I also would listen to Pavarotti or Mozart's Requiem Lacrimosa. These songs help to calm me and allow my thoughts to mellow out so I don't feel on edge. But when I need a pick-me-up, I listen to Ash Nico or Miley Cyrus, which is the complete opposite of classical music or opera music. But the main point I'm trying to make is that you should maybe try to find your thing that helps you through times of doubt and melancholy. I just hope that you stay safe in whatever it is you choose as your calming factor during despondency and low spirits. And I know that it is not always just an easy thing to just find your thing that helps you during tough times, but it is a start during desolation. During any type of depressive episode, you could try keeping a um, keeping track of your triggers and symptoms, try self-care, challenge those negative thoughts, meditate, practice mindfulness, establish a routine for night and daytime, try exercising, avoid alcohol, um, record the times and days that you feel a spark of positivity. Um, those are only a few things that someone could do during depressive moods. Um, so just, you know, Try what fits for you. Just please try to avoid drugs that are not prescribed by your doctor and alcohol of any kind. Also, try not to drink so much coffee if you are an avid drinker because coffee can sometimes put you on edge because if you drink too much of it, you're, you, have, um, you run the risk of having an increased heart rate and feeling anxious. So just try to stray away from coffee sometimes which I know is hard for me because I'm an avid coffee drinker and I'm all, I also have a, a bit of anxiety. And so coffee on top of 
already feeling anxious about certain situations never goes well together at all. So just, if you drink coffee, try to lay off of it a bit. Um, but now we are at the end of this podcast episode, which this was a pretty fast podcast. But before ending, I will say a quote. Healing is not linear. Uh, thank you for listening. I wish you well. Peace.